0: Has anyone ever inspired you to change your life that made you more fulfilled? Well, as a leader in your business and in your community, what are those questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis? It's these questions that we explore on Inspiring Women. I am your host, Betty Collins, and I'm a certified public accountant, a business owner, and a community leader who partners with others who want to achieve remarkable results for themselves and their organizations. I am here to help inspire you to a positive step forward for a better life. Today we're going to talk about something very fun. I think it's fun, but I think it's going to be really impactful. So the journey of life is one big lesson, right? And we learn, or maybe we don't. And we can choose to waste the opportunity, or we can keep it and learn from it and tell others about it. So over the next 12 episodes, we are going to hear from women who have learned lessons and then you can learn from them. The good news is you don't have to go through what they've gone through, but they're going to help you how to get through it if you ever go through it, right? Because life is one big journey. It's lessons learned. And you have really an obligation, in my opinion, to share those life lessons and help people along the way. So my challenge is not just that you're going to hear from women and be inspired and learn, but that you also will figure out your lesson that you've learned and you're going to figure out how to tell it and help other people. So we'll start with Betty Collins life lesson that she just went through. I decided that I would run for office. Yes, a political race for city council in my hometown of Gahanna, Ohio. This was not on my bucket list. This was not something that I said, man, I want to do this, but I ended up doing it. The results, I lost. The next day after the election, my mom called me. She's 86 years old, so when you're 86, you kind of say what you want to say. And she said to me, how are you doing today? And I said, you know, I'm okay. And she said in her own way to me, in her own little, this just my mom, Well, you're not used to losing, let alone coming in last. And I kind of chuckled, but it kind of got to me a little bit too, because she was right. I was not one who normally loses or comes in last. So I just had to say and step back a little bit and say, what and why did I do this? And what am I going to take away from it? And I just took some time to ponder. I kind of was in hiding a little bit. Um, And I came up with 10 things that I learned from losing an election that I think you can apply to your life. I think that you can put them in practice with your relationships, your business, your career, and just the things that are in your world. So I decided to make the most of the loss by sharing what I learned. And when I stepped back and had time to reflect, I realized that some of these lessons I kind of learned and thought through are going to be some game changers for me, not just today, but in the future. And I want to approach life a little bit differently. So here we go. And don't worry, this is not a podcast about politics. It's not a podcast about those R's, the D's, or the independence. Um, it really is about things that I learned and that I wanna share with you. So, here we go. Number one, the why was the driver always when I was running. The why should be your driver for why you do things. Whether it's with your family, your children, your grandchildren, your relationships, in your business, you should know your why. And so for me, it was really simple. The why for me, I wanna see change in my city. So I said, I'm going to be the change. I'm going to be somebody who drives it by running for city council and being in a place that I can make change happen. And, um, what change? Common sense. I just want to see more common sense. I think ours and D's both have common sense if they'll use it. And I didn't really want to, to see our, how we are as people. I want to see some citizenship change, being better citizens in general, being better neighbors. And what does that mean? It means being engaged. It means knowing. It means getting involved. And then the last thing I really, really wanted to see was that we would have a diversity on our city council, in our government, so we would have different thoughts and viewpoints and not all the same. So those were really my whys, and that was the driver from the time I said I'm going to do this. It still is my why. Um, so the why for you is what? I mean, when I came to Bradyware in 2012, I had a company, we merged into Bradyware. And my job, that's how I looked at it, my job, I'm not. I don't have a job, I'm a professional advisor and a business owner. And I realized the reason I like what I do is not so I can fix your QuickBooks and fix your taxes, it's because I want you to succeed as a business. My why became when business works in the US, the country works, the world works. We are that light. And so if the marketplace does really well, what that means is employers have employees. Those employees now have provisions. Those provisions are households, right? Which form communities. It changed my entire business when I figured out my why. So when I ran for this campaign, you have to know your drive and the why behind it. And that was what I did. Not only do you need to know your why, you need to be able to articulate a very simple message whether you're in business, whether you're running for office, whether it's with your family and expectations, whatever, you need to be articulate. For me, I kept my message very simple. It was common sense leadership, being better citizens, and making sure that we have balance of thought and view. And those were those were the things I had to articulate very well for my constituents. I mean, Gahan is a town of 37,000 people, and I got 4,500 votes, right? Now, all 37,000 can't vote, but it was a presidential record year because of the issues that were on the ballot. So my message had to be very articulate, and it had to articulate the why, because the why was the emotion. So it was really funny when we were on the trail. My husband could articulate my why better than I could. He could get in there and tell people with a lot of emotion and passion my why. I struggled at it from day one with it. Um, the other, the other thing that taught me was our mayor was also up for re-election, and she was one of the few um, that won um, in in kind of our camp. And she, but she was so good at articulating her why. So it was crucial. It's crucial in your business. It's crucial in your career and your path. If you're not getting results for something or you're burned out or you don't have any more desire to go forward, rethink your why. Get with Simon Simic. He's awesome. He has a great book on helping you pull that together and really get focused. So that was the number one lesson I really went back to. Know your why. That's going to be the drive to whatever you're doing. So the second thing, the second thing I learned, it was not enough to be Betty Collins. I really thought going into this that I was, you know, knew a lot of people, I was an influencer, um, and it was just not being who I was. And it's not a bad thing being Betty Collins, okay? But my inner circle was not the ones who needed to be convinced. My My influencers already knew me, right? I was already in those circles. And so for me, I now had to meet a whole diverse network who didn't know Betty Collins and saw me really as a Gehana resident who was running for office. And I don't know that I did that really well. So in your world where you're trying to get new clients and you're trying to have prospects or you're trying to get into another inner circle and you think it's enough to go, I'm Betty Collins, I'm here doesn't always work that way. You've got to be really, really open and put yourself out there if you want your inner circle to become bigger. And what I realized was Betty Collins is a small fish in a large pond. Okay. Not a bad thing. Maybe a little humbling in the terms of I wanted to be on city council of a, of a, of a city that had 39,000 people of it. And I was still acting like I was it my office with 300 clients, okay? So I really learned that. And I have a new respect for anyone who runs for office, I will tell you that. It is not for the weak, it is not for the egotistical. And so when you're looking at who you think you wanna be or what customer you think you wanna land or what prospect you just wanna be able to knock on their door and tell your story, I would tell you, maybe you need to really look and go. I want to be an influencer. I want to convince them. I want to make sure they understand who Betty Collins or whoever you are is. And so for me, I would say have respect for people who have done it and watch them and follow them and see how it goes, but still be Betty Collins at the end of the day. And I didn't do that as well as I could have. So it was a le- kind of a lesson learned for me. If you want to be um, not a big fish in a small pond or if you want to be <laughs> in the bigger pond, it's, you, there's a lot more around you that you have to do. There's a lot more than you have to be. And there has to be more of a credibility to work towards that. Maybe that's not your goal. But when you're running for an election or you're going to the next client or you're going to a middle market bigger thing, man, you really have to think differently about your inner circle becoming bigger. And it takes tenacity and boldness to do that, even for me. So I will tell you, it was a good thing that I kind of saw the people that ran that were my competition, and I have a different respect for them for sure of how they did things and how they got to where they are right now as far as being reelected. So, lesson learned. So my next lesson, this one's an easy one, and everybody would go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it's something that we don't always do well. Strategy wins the day. Not passion, not a great idea, strategy. Now, passion and stra- passion and, and, and an idea are all part of a strategy, but man, strategy wins the day. And what I saw in my competition was they were strategic a year ahead. They were on their game from you know 30, 365 days out. My strategy was, well, I'm Betty Collins. I'm gonna just get in and do this, and I'm gonna hustle, and I'm gonna work hard, and I know the mayor, and we are connected, and she's connecting me to people, and my strategy was jump in at the last minute because I really had a hard time making the decision. And going back to my why, if I would have just known my why and followed it with that gut, i I waited way too long to make the decision, and then I wanted to just get in and figured hustling and hard work would make it. My competition worked hard. they worked harder. It doesn't mean I didn't work hard, but they they had a strategy that was far outsizing out, outweighing mine. So when you think about your competition maybe keeps winning. They're getting the better employees. They're recruiting more people. They're growing. They're getting the customer they want. I guarantee you they have a strategy. But it's it's more than that. The strategy has to be executed. So think about execution. How many retreats have you gone to all excited? You go to a conference and you come back and you're all in. And you get the manual and you get the handbook, right? And it just sits there on the shelf. Of course, no one gets a handbook anymore. But the PDF that they sent you in the, in the, in the PowerPoint that's somewhere on your laptop, if you don't execute a well-written strategy, it, it doesn't matter. It's just like saying, I'm going to jump in this race later than anybody else because I'm Betty Collins and I can do that and just work hard. Not a strategy. It's kind of a hopeful thing, right? But hope is not strategy. So I really learned in this election, and I'm going to apply it more as I go on, strategy that is executed will win the day. And when you know your why and you're driven and you put it together with a strategy and you be yourself, I am Betty Collins, I'm going to be myself, you're going to have more of a win at the end. All right, so I did talk a little bit about hustling, right? So hustling will not always overcome someone who can outspend you and outwork you. I worked hard. All of the people that I kind of, we had a group of us run kind of together. We all worked hard. There was no, we were exhausted. We were fatigued. And the, of course the grassroots and, and let's do this and let's get it done and let's go after this. Don't discount that. But when someone outworks you, I walked the neighborhoods in Gahanna and I did it once. My competition did it three times. Okay. So you have to realize they outworked you. It didn't mean I didn't work hard. So when you're when you're seeing your competition win or you're seeing your company people around you and your company growing and you're not, chances are they're outworking you or they're working smarter, either way. It doesn't take away from the fact that you give it all and you go. So the other thing that that really was Evident was the amount of money that my competition could spend versus myself. Never underestimate (laughs) capital and a lot of it and people who are willing to give you time and resources. And when you don't see that in your business, you can have passion, an idea, you can have a why, you can have it all. But when you don't have capital and you don't have resources, you're going to have an uphill climb. And what happens with an uphill climb? You get tired. You need to stop. You need to rest. And you may not even make it to the top. So do not underestimate hustling. But you've got to still outwork and you probably got to outspend, which means you've got to have ability to have capital. You've got to have money. You've got to have things that get you there. So these are things that I learned, but I still will tell you, I worked hard and I lost. In last place. <laughs> so think about that as you are, are learning in. you're navigating through what you want to succeed. What's your election? I don't know. You probably don't want to run for an office, but you have something that you're trying to pursue. Um, you got to work hard, but you probably have to work harder and smarter than those who also have the potential to achieve what you want to achieve. The fifth thing I learned from losing an election was you need to deal with the loss. And I can remember going to the party and my husband said, so who's going to be there? And I said, well, they told me to bring who I wanted, but I didn't bring anybody with me because I didn't know that I could win. I didn't know. I mean, I had no idea going into this, right? So I took nobody there. And it was very evident early on that not only I was going to lose, but all just about everybody that ran kind of along with us, we all lost with the exception of the mayor. And so I looked at that and went, you you just didn't want to face. You even had fear before the the votes were t- were tallied, right? And, of course, my mom kind of bringing it to my surface, you you know, you lost. But I will tell you, I, I was more about... There was some relief, if you want to know the truth, that I didn't win because it was going to be this huge commitment. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't just that I came in last and I'm Betty Collins and all that kind of crap. I really... My why was not going to come to fruition. I wanted common sense leadership. I want to really have impact about being better citizens in our country. I really wanted to see diverse thought and view, and that wasn't going to happen. And so that was very, really sad to me because I felt like I could make those make inroads on those things as a council person. So you know, you just had to kind of go, okay, it didn't happen why but I also had to go it didn't happen move on move forward and, and don't mull around in this but you have to accept defeat whether it's your employee left and they chose another company whether it is your kids didn't go to the college you wanted them to go to or whether in your business you didn't get the client that you really wanted to get your financials and your your growth was really mediocre All those things, right? Sometimes you accept the loss, you do it graciously, and you mature, and you realize, I'm going to learn from the lesson of things didn't happen. And and then you can go forward, you're not lingering in the loss. So deal with the loss, okay? So sometimes, this is number six of ten, sometimes the plan is just not the plan. And timing is everything. And part of my drive when I was, when I, you know, this is my why, uh, I have these desires about, you know, my good citizenship and and common sense and, and all those things. But really, I also look at things in the terms of we all have a purpose and plan in life and we should be pursuing that all the time. And so for me, it just was like, this isn't the time. I mean, it's, it just wasn't meant to be, and I have to accept that. And so sometimes when we have things like the plan isn't happening, the customer isn't coming, the relationship isn't working, you just got to all of a sudden be flexible you got to look and go, you know what? What am I not seeing? What could I change? What could I go do? And it's not just a key uh, politics in life, right? This isn't the key. I mean, this is for anything and everything. The plan is just not the plan. Timing is off. So how do you adapt to that? You know, you have to... There's unexpected challenges. Um, There's shifts in opinions or, you know, all of a sudden leadership changes in your company or there's these unforeseen events um, like you know, that thing called a pandemic in 2020. And you saw so many people who did pivot and change and, and dealt with that because timing was what it was, right? People opened businesses in 2020. I had someone open an event center March 1st of 2020, okay? Talk about the plan is just not the plan and timing's horrible, but they are doing very well. They, they made it through. So how do I apply this to my world? Well, if you're flexible, It means maybe you'll be innovative, making your brand and your services and products more valuable so you're not obsolete. I mean, if you're looking at your team and we're all from the 1980s, (laughs) we probably got the wrong team, right? Maybe that's not just planning or timing. It's we've got to make some changes. Um, and, And what you did yesterday doesn't count. I mean, it does. But really, it's what you're doing today and what you're looking to in the future. So planning sometimes, it's all right that the plan didn't go the way the plan was supposed to. Maybe timing's off for a reason. So I learned in this election that this wasn't the time. And, you know, some of it is it was an off-ballot an off year, which should have been means that it should have been easy um, because people don't get out and vote as much, except maybe if they know you're in the run and you're in there, right? But this year, timing-wise, if I really would have looked at and analyzed before I jumped in at the last minute, that we had some big issues in the state of Ohio, issue one and two, and it made it a record turnout for voting because of those issues. And where I'm from is certainly in central Ohio, those issues were really a lot of passion behind the Democratic Party. And the Republican Party is just not as big in this area. And I ran as a Republican. I ran as a conservative. I really just ran as Gehanna citizen. But if we're going to pick a party, that's what I was. And so you had to look at that and go, timing's everything. Issue one and two were passionate conversations for um, Democrats and really independents as well. So... I didn't lure a lot of those people, but that's okay because it wasn't meant to be. It's not the time. But I can be flexible. I can look at this differently. I can look at my past and go, that's behind us. Let's move forward. But the plan to be on city council, that was the plan. It's not happening. So what's next, though? It doesn't mean there isn't something else. It doesn't mean maybe it was meant to be this way and this is going to lead to something different because I can still have my passion and my why. Maybe I live it out some other way. And you can do that in your business as well. So seasons come and go, you don't wanna miss your moments. I would not miss this moment that I just went through um, for anything. So be ready for whatever's next. Number seven, never underestimate those who surround you. You gotta be picky, you've gotta be particular. And so when you run a campaign and you don't even know what that means, You just got promoted to manage a team and you've never managed a team. You've been volunteered to do something that you have no clue what you're doing. The team, the advisors, the support system in your life is crucial for the success of all those things to happen that I just described. But I will tell you, my spouse was a key factor in this. And I realized we've been married over 20 years and we've never done something like this together. He's always had his work life. I've always had mine. We, you know, he he we're, night and day. We are completely opposite. But in this moment, we came together in an amazing, amazing way. And he was my top advisor for sure. And everything he kept reminding me of every time we would go out and do what we're doing, he would give me this long list of things. Right? He was right. And I should have listened a little bit more, but he was good. He and he would. He told the mayor, uh, "You all know her at her best. I know her at her worst. <laughs> so this is really going to be big. But I'm with her if this is what she wants to do." And I did have the mayor. Uh, she was great. She and, and this was not the first rodeo for her, and so she was a great advisor. But she had her own campaign. And then I had Betty Clark. She was amazing. She did all my marketing, all my strategic, because that's just what she does for a living. So I had her because I figured that's the big piece of this. And then I had two people that if you would have told me they were going to be your biggest supporters and walk neighborhoods with you, I would have never thought that. But it was those unexpected people that came through for me. They were amazing. And they had been around the political environment quite a bit, so they kind of knew it. And then I have a life group through my church. They were amazing supporters. They were the rah-rah, you can do this, all that. But what I didn't have in all of these great connections was a campaign manager. There's not one person here who could run a campaign. Only the mayor really had experience. So I did this without having that key position. So you have to always... Never underestimate the team around you. You may think you're picking the right people. Some people pick their you know, their cousin's grandmother's best friend. Okay, that's not <laughs> what you should be doing, especially if you really want to be able to win at the end or you really want to be able to have the best team or you really want to grow your business. You've got to have the right people around you. And all the people who make promises to you that can't deliver, that that's just reality. It's the 80-20 rule. But that 20% that do for you, be very particular who they are and keep that inner circle very close. And that is a huge lesson that I learned through this. If I do this again, we'll talk about that. I will have a campaign manager. That would have been well money spent. But I thought, I can save money there. I have all these people volunteering. I have all these people that want to do this. And a lot of people just didn't come through But that's okay. Maybe they couldn't, maybe it wasn't their time. I had so many though that, Oh, how can I help? And then, okay, can you walk? Well, no. (laughs) Can you give money? No, not today. Can you come to an event? I'm busy. So that happened a lot, which is life. Um, but my key advisor, I really miss not having that. And I, I kind of regret that I knew in my gut that I should have had that position and then keep that inner circle closed. Don't allow too many people in there, especially when it's big decisions that you're trying to make. It's all part of strategy. Um, So number eight, believe it or not, I go around calling myself Betty Collins and I call myself sometimes the Betty Collins because people do. But no one values you like you. No one. So I had to really tell my story. I had to promote myself. I had to have a brand and I had to convince people, you need to vote for me. Wow. So if you don't have the, you know, the articulate branding and you don't have the messaging down because you only have minutes that you're going to see people, then you know what? You're not going to pr- prove your point of difference. It's, not, it's no different in your career. It's no different in your business. It's no different even in your family. Why Betty Collins? Why you? Why should I vote for you? Why should I pick your company? You have to convince me, and nobody will value you like you. It's just that, that simple. I mean, 2012 changed my world when I merged my smaller company of nine into Bradyware of 120. And now we have four offices, 160 people at least. And But I had to, within my organization, come up with who is Betty Collins because it's kind of a crowded field. I went from having two partners to 20. I went from having nine employees to 120. It was a different day, and I finally realized I'm surrounded by experts. I'm surrounded by career-changing people who've had these big careers. I mean, I, I was totally inhibited in some ways, and then I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm here, and I'm going to be myself, and I'm going to make myself and brand myself to be successful. And I really started talking about me a lot more and my value that I could add to you. I can't go do your audit. I can't go do a big sophisticated thing with you know accounting principles and blah, blah, blah. But I can certainly be your business advisor. I can certainly get in and see what's wrong with your financials. I can do all kinds of things. And so I really had to, to, all of a sudden, I had a lot of competition when I came to Brandyware in 2012. And I learned to sell myself. I learned to value me, because no one else is going to but me. And then all of a sudden, Wow, they're going, yeah, maybe I will vote for you. <laughs> maybe I will, you know, choose your services. Maybe I will choose your company. And it was it was a totally different thing. So, but I still learned that in this lesson. I mean, I will tell you, Rob Collins told my story better than I did. The first time we were out, we were knocking. I was a wreck, okay? And every Saturday morning, all of the candidates that we were kind of, there were about eight of us who were running and uh, we kind of all joined together and worked as a team. And we would go out and all the walkers would come to my house. We had this big continental breakfast. We'd kind of have our rah-rah moment and go. And the first Saturday, I'm like, my husband's like, what, what is wrong with you? I said, I'm fine, I'm just a little nervous, I'm fine. So we get to the first neighborhood. He goes, okay, we ready? I'm like, no, I'm not ready at all. <laughs> I gotta get myself acclimated. So we get to the first house, person answers the door. They were friendly, which by the way, as much as we hear about the environment we're in today, We ran into very few people that were ridiculous, but so we get there, I'm ready to just go here, here's my flyer and leave. And my husband goes, hold on, this is is Betty Collins and she's running for office and here's why I think she could really be a great council person. And so we leave there and he goes, honey, you gotta say who you are and you know, you gotta talk to people and you need to calm down. (laughs) So about a, a street later he goes, okay. And, and he goes, what the hell is wrong with you? I said, I'm not used to this. This is, I am completely out of my league. I'm talking on complete strangers doors. And he's like, you need to be Betty Collins and sell yourself and say your name, hand him a card ask them questions do that so we finally got the routine down but it took that first saturday i'll tell you we and we probably went over to 100 houses that day and we put 100 signs in people's yards that we knew so i got a little more comfortable because i'm going to people i know right but the problem is i had to sell myself to people who didn't know me i already had these people locked in i didn't need to do that piece and so he taught me a lot. And I kept saying, we got to knock more doors. we got to knock more doors. He goes, it's not about how many we knock. It's how many people answer the door that you actually get to have a conversation with. And then you got to be ready for the conversation. It is no different when we are in business. It is no different when we're trying to, with our clients, our customers, our peers, our in, in our industry, right? I mean, you have to be ready for the conversation when you finally get one with whoever you're trying to influence or whoever you're trying to convince, but nobody will value you like you. And I, now that I look back on this campaign, that probably is the number one lesson I learned because I needed to convince people who didn't know Betty Collins to be and vote for me. So it was all about quality. And not quantity. We did see or 4,700 houses or something like that. It was a lot of houses. It was a lot of door knocking. And we handed out flyer upon flyer. And we did all those things. But we talked to 411 people of all those houses. You know, I'm one who doesn't answer the door if I don't know you. So that happens a lot. We met a lot of dogs. Okay. <laughs> but the conversation when you had to be ready for the 10% that would hear you. You better be ready for that moment. And I just wasn't a lot of the time. It took me, it just took me a while to get in that in that frame of mind. And so it was a little bit intimidating, right? But I, I did it. And by the end, I was doing it. And had I started a year ahead and did my neighborhood three times like my competition, I would have had it down, right? So people have asked me, would you do this again? And my husband said to me very clearly. Well, and it was, it was perfect. He said, we're cleaning out the garage because our garage was full of everybody's signs, all these boxes. I mean, you had to just see all the, the stuff it takes to do this. And we're cleaning out. And he said, I'm going to keep this box of signs. And I said, why? He said, because you never want to say no or yes till you think about it. So don't give a no but don't give a yes. So to me, you gotta take the the time to decide yes or no, especially if I jump in and do this again, I'm not committing either way. No matter the pressure, no matter who says I need to do this, you'd be the perfect candidate, all all that stuff. Would I do it again? I don't know. But I will take the lessons that I've learned and go, I'm gonna sit back and think this through a little bit differently. So, but inquiring minds want to know and everyone's like, oh no, you were great. You really tried. And I go, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear about how I tried, (laughs) but I will think about no and yes before I answer it. I'm not going to do it. And so, and, and we need to do that whenever. So let's just say we went to a company. It's complete disaster. Okay. We decide to buy a company, complete disaster. It doesn't mean you'll never do it again, but you will probably learn lessons and you'll think through, yes or no, let's think this through. And I have to do that. And if I, any pursuit, it doesn't matter what the pursuit is, especially when you're doing it again, (laughs) but hopefully I will, uh, if I do this, I will really be more, uh, I'll have a lot more confidence and I'll be able to to say absolutely or absolutely not. (laughs) So anyways, so, but people will ask me too, was it worth it? A hundred percent. 100% 100% worth what I just went through. Um, I met so many great people and saw so many parts of my city that I was. my eyes were open to so many more things. So when you're going through a pursuit, whether you win or you lose or you're in the middle of it, um, man, you you when you have your eyes open and you can really see some things clearly, I think that's a good thing. So for me, that was worth it. I could see a lot of things that happened. Um, And to have my husband to do this with, as I said before, we had a really great time running for an election. Um, And I'll tell you, to sit and go, the day I went in and my name is on that ballot and I pulled the lever, I I will never forget that moment. And my husband calls me when he got done voting and he was, we both cried. We both were, you know, just like, I can't believe we actually did this. I can't believe we actually voted for me today. So it was really cool. And it showed me that I do have tenacity and I do have boldness. Whether you win or you lose, those things count and they'll take you through the next thing. Um, but my why still hasn't changed, right? So if you ask me, are you going to do this again and was it worth it? My why hasn't changed. I still think the same way. Um, And you don't get everything on the first try. I mean sometimes it takes more. It takes another cold call. It takes another person introducing you. It takes those things to make it all come together. So there's a season and a purpose for everything. Don't miss them. And number 10, hindsight is so easy, right? It seems obvious it wasn't at the time. But think through your errors so you can actually recognize them. You know, when you are in the middle of anything, whether it's tax season or whether it's filming or whether it is you're running for office, Sometimes you are so focused on running for office. I'm focused on that app. I'm focused on getting to 5,000 houses. I'm focused on, you know, being at uh, events. I'm just focused, focused, focused. I never really did sit down and go, how did the week go? And how do we want the next week to be better? And what did we miss? And is there something else I could have done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? What's the follow-up? What am I not, you know, I didn't take time to do that. I was just running and we do that a lot in our careers and in our business we don't take time sometimes to say okay how did this really go let's assess let's look at what we're doing because maybe we need to change course even if it's even if it's november 1st and the election's november 7th maybe we need to change some things it's okay and while you're in the moment of getting things done you really aren't seeing the fi- maybe the finish line is there sooner than you think and the end is there before you think. And then all of a sudden you have nothing to do. <laughs> all of a sudden you're stopped and you're, you're just kind of quieter. I, I didn't pace myself well. And we don't do that in life. We just don't. We're too focused on the focus. So hindsight's easy though. I can recognize these things now that these were the things that, you know, in 79 days or 80 days that I, that I did this, it's really easy to look back on those 80 days, but during the 80 days, no. You're 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 at it. But meeting people and having the conversations was the highlight. Um, see, just hearing what people thought and just hearing how they were and what they were concerned about, it got you so engaged in, man, I really want this. This is why I'm out here. And those were the great conversations. We only had a couple that said, please leave my property. You're a (laughs) Republican. We did have that. Um, but it was good. It was good. So yes, I ran for political office and yes, I lost. And yes, I came in last place. And yes, I'm disappointed and maybe a little embarrassed at times, but I learned some amazing lessons and I wanted to talk to you about them today. So I'm gonna just recap. Your why is the driver. It is not enough just to be you sometimes. Strategy wins the day. Hustling will always overcome someone who can outspend you or, or outwork you. No, hustling is just hustling deal with your loss sometimes the plan is just not the plan and timing is everything never underestimate who your team is and keep your inner circle close no one values you like you take time to decide the next yes or no when you are whatever pursuit it is and hindsight's easy learn from it my biggest lesson learned i can apply what I learned, and I can share with others. And to me, that's success. To me, that is winning. So look back only to learn, but go forward and enjoy what comes next in life. As your career advances continue, your financial opportunities will continue to grow. Be prepared. Visit bradyware.com backslash resources to find everything about inspiring women, This episode, plus an outline of Bradyware & Company accounting services, can be found in the episode show notes.